Hello everyone, I'm Zola Zengit. Welcome to COVID Stuck Abroad, the podcast where I get to chat with South Africans who are living abroad in 2020, when COVID-19 changed the world as we know it. This podcast aims to tell the personal accounts of guests featured and does not claim to offer verified facts. To get verified information about COVID-19 and related information, please refer to the official World Health Organization website, as well as the official South African government website. Please see the show notes for links. It must also be stated that COVID stuck abroad will not tolerate xenophobic sentiments. Listeners should recognize that the personal experiences of one individual cannot be viewed as a representation of an entire nation, ethnicity, or culture. Okay, now let's get to today's episode. Hello everyone. Today I'm joined by Kahiso Mohodzi, who moved to Tianjin City in China in January of 2018 to teach English at a language training school. She is now back in South Africa, completing a postgraduate diploma in business administration at the Witt Business School. Hi, Kahiso. Hi, hi, Zola. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm actually very excited because you're my first guest to be in studio with me. Yay. <laughs> I'm super excited too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> the pleasure. So just to get into it, the first question I sort of always ask is, how do you end up in China? <sighs> well... <laughs> Let's see. Um, I was actually looking for a teaching job after I finished my internship um, at government department. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a friend of mine was actually working for an online English uh, center around Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually planning to apply to that center. Uh, however, when I went onto the website, I saw that you can actually apply uh, for a job to actually teach in China. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, uh, let me just try my luck. Let me apply and let's see what happens. So um, I applied, I think, sometime in 2017, around around October. And yeah, did my interview. Um, everything went well and I got the job. And then I basically started uh, preparing my documents, um, you know, the whole process. And then I flew out on the 26th of January in 2018. Okay, maybe just to backtrack a bit, why did you even decide you like wanted a teaching job or like, mm. is that what you were doing before or was this just... <laughs> Uh, it's just a spare of the moment type of decision. Like, okay, um, okay, I can teach. I can actually do this with a degree. Yeah. Okay, let me just uh, try my luck. Let me apply. Let's see what happens. Um, <laughs> teaching isn't necessarily what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely something that I wanted to just try out and just see if I like it or not. Um, I told myself that if maybe I don't like the whole teaching thing within maybe three months, Mm. Then I'll probably leave, but I, but I ended up enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. But also, it was quite a quick turnaround from the time you like applied to having to leave. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the job like first time, look, first interview, first offer I took, and I ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it like arriving in Tianjin City in January of 2018? Like you've just arrived in China. Mm. What's that experience like? 
Oh my god, I remember when I landed like uh, in Tianjin, it was pretty cold actually. Uh, yeah. It was really, really cold. Uh, it was winter. Uh, <laughs> imagine coming from, you know, uh, Pretoria at quite hot there and then you land in china and it's like freezing um but yeah but like my 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 school uh welcomed me really really well so i got there um someone came to fetch me from the airport uh and then we drove to my apartment Mm -hmm. and yeah i think the first uh day they just let me rest you know because i was pretty jet lagged uh so i did that the first day um and then the second day that's when i went actually went into the school and I met everyone just to you know fa- uh, familiarize myself with uh, the environment uh, <laughs> where the actual school is and just getting to know some of my colleagues um, <laughs> but I like I have to say that it was it was quite a nerve-wracking experience uh, mm-hmm. I mean it was like my first time ever flying on a big plane like I've never been <laughs> on a flight before ever ever so it's like your first flight yeah, ever was you ever. leaving to go to China. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you can imagine. Uh, I was a bit nervous, but I mean. Uh, and you were alone, right? <laughs> yes, I was. My goodness. Talk about bravery. <laughs> I had to learn everything on the go as I went, you know. But like the first month was great. Uh, I made a friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the the... Uh, the guy that I was training with mm-hmm. ended up being my friend for like the rest of my time uh, mm-hmm. in China. In China, um, yeah. So I yeah I made a lot of friends uh, during the first couple of months. Uh, <laughs> I did quite a lot. Like we went out, coffee, <laughs> lunch, clubs, <laughs> bars, everything. <laughs> that was actually going to be like my follow up question is yeah. you know because you stayed in Tianjin City right for like yeah. about what two years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was those two years like? Uh, I have to say, eh, up and down, like <laughs> mixed feelings all the way. Like mm. uh, one moment I'd be like the happiest person ever, the next I'd be homesick. Like you miss home quite a lot. Um, <laughs> so I think my first year, the first year, yeah, was uh, the hardest because I, I had yeah. never ever been away from home ever in my life. Even though, yes, I had like, you know, friends, uh, colleagues, um, uh, you know, a nice apartment <laughs> and I could travel, but you know, like it gets you after some time, you miss your family, you wish mm. you could see your mom. But I was lucky enough that m- I think uh, eight months into my contract, my mom actually came to visit oh. uh, yeah so that was quite a really cool experience so I had to I had the privilege of actually like showing her around uh, you know my city around yeah. Tianjin <laughs> so we did quite a couple of like activities I even took her to Beijing so that was really really cool <laughs> so I had that privilege and then maybe like a, a few months later my aunt came <laughs> wow. to come visit also so yeah that was really really nice my aunt and cousin came to visit me and yeah I had a lovely lovely experience like the first year I think uh, second year that's when I was like mm, okay I actually need to think about what I want to do next because um, mm. I don't think I want to do this forever yes I did enjoy teaching and you know traveling and and uh, meeting new people from, you know, different countries. Mm. But I actually had to think, okay, like, uh, <laughs> what's next? Because I was 
like my intention was never to do the teaching thing forever. Mm. Um, so, which is why I'm back home at the moment and I'm, you know, studying. So during those two years when you're living there, did you ever like come back to South Africa or like visit or you always just like staying mm. that side? Uh, no, I actually did uh, come back. I think I came back like after my first contract just to come see the family and uh, see my friends. Mm. Um, so that was uh, a really, really, uh, <laughs> good um feeling just to come home you know and see everyone and uh <laughs> experience my life in like back home again yeah. um even though like i feel like <laughs> i was so used to convenience because everything is so convenient in china uh, so when i came back home for the second time i had to now start carrying cash again because <laughs> i'm so used to not you know having cash at all yeah because we use uh, our phones for everything, like to pay for everything from your taxi, groceries, uh, entertainment. <laughs> so I didn't really need to carry cash around. So just adapting, like readapting back home for like a month was also quite a challenge, like a bit of a challenge, but not entirely, but just a bit of a challenge um, doing that. Uh, but other than that, like yeah, I had a, I had a good time the first time I came back home after my first contract yeah speaking of you know because when you speak about your second time coming back home is it this time around like when yes. you came back permanently yes <laughs> so maybe let's get into that like what prompted that so let me uh, <laughs> uh you know i mean I, I already know what sort of prompted that but i guess mm. let's backtrack and mm. talk about that when is the first time you actually hear about you know this virus that's spreading mm -hmm. do you even know it's called the coronavirus at this point or like but when do you first hear about this virus um well we first heard about it i think like late december hmm. early jan uh like none of us really knew what, like what is happening like we knew that okay uh, there's this disease going around and, you know, uh, like old people dying because of it. But like none of us really actually quite knew the, like, the magnitude of how catastrophic, mm. <laughs> you know, everything would become. Um, we were just like, uh, we were chilled about it, like the first couple of weeks because we weren't really sure. We thought, no, it's going to pass, you know, like. <laughs> so this is while you're in China yeah. in Tianjin, right? Yes. So. Yes. Mm -hmm. I guess I am wondering, like with people who were living in China at that time, is mm -hmm. what were the news reports within the country? Like w what is happening? So it's like you're not in Wuhan at this point, like yeah. of course, but, yeah. you know, what is being reported within the country in terms mm -hmm. of like what's going on in Wuhan? Well, I used to get a lot of the information from my colleagues, my uh, Chinese colleagues. Mm. I didn't really watch the news there because everything is in Chinese. So I can't really, you know, um, hear anything or read anything. Mm. Couldn't really hear or read anything. But um, we got a lot of the information from our colleagues and they used to tell us, okay, no, it's not that bad. Uh, yes, the numbers are going up. But, um, <laughs> like, it's not really that bad. Mm. Um, you know, like, they, they just used to tell us it's not that bad. Don't worry, guys. Like, uh, keep calm. It's going to be okay, you know. Um, so we didn't really think much of it at that time. Mm. Um, I think the only time where we felt, okay, like, this is getting serious is when we started having um, numbers in Tianjin. Oh, you know? when, when did that start? 
Um, I think just about, I think late Jan, late Jan, just mm. around, just before Spring Festival or mm. like Chinese New Year. Yeah. That is when we started hearing about the numbers in our city, you know. And yeah, we had already planned to go away at that time. Um, so a group of friends and I had planned to go to Vietnam for Spring Festival um, you know, just to relax, because it had been like a, a very long um, uh, month. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone was going away, because anyway, that is what people do during Spring Festival. They go away, they go see their families, or um, they go visit other countries. Yeah. So our plan was just to uh, chill in, in Vietnam for a few days and, and then go back. <laughs> like go back to China? Yeah. Okay. So just before Spring Break, you start hearing about like numbers within Tangent City, but yeah. like still, there wasn't like a lot of panic at okay. like, uh, during that time. I don't think any of us were panicking. Yes, like uh, we did have like our mask on. Oh, okay. So you're already like, wearing yes, masks. Yes, already. Like at the airport, you had to have your mask on, sanitizer, everything. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> And then we got to Vietnam, uh, and yeah, well, the numbers were not bad in Vietnam at that time uh, when we got there. Uh, <laughs> still, we still had to wear a mask and everything. Um, so yeah, we spent a couple of days in Vietnam. We had a lot of fun. Did and, you? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but like, did you have any trouble getting into Vietnam coming from China? No. No, no, no. <laughs> we didn't have any trouble at that. Um, yeah. <laughs> During that time. Yeah. You know, we didn't really have any issues, uh, going into Vietnam. I mean, everything was already, you know, done beforehand. My visa, I had already applied a long time ago, way mm. before, you know, uh, this whole thing started. So I didn't really have, we didn't really have a difficult time getting in. And then, yeah, we spent a couple of days there. And then we decided to go to Malaysia <laughs> again, spur of the moment. And I think, um, I think it was because of panic. <laughs> I think at that time we started to kind of like panic because the numbers were going up in Tianjin. So it was a matter uh, of, okay, do we still go back or do so, we just. So yeah. how long were you actually supposed to be in Vietnam? Uh, like, I think if I remember correctly, like maybe five. Five days. Five days. Was that like your work vacation time? Yes. Yes, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you decide to not go back to Tianjin, like, mm. are you still on vacation or are you now <laughs> taking days of work? <laughs> like, uh, well, I think by that time, our school had already started telling people to like lock down. I think China was kind of like going on a lockdown of some sort oh. during that time. Um, so yeah, like they kept extending the holiday. Like our, oh. our school kept extending the holiday. Like, okay, no guys, we're going to give you like another week, you know, just mm. to relax or whatever. So for that week, we decided, okay, it's fine. Let's book fl- flights to Malaysia. Uh, and yeah, at that time we were looking at the numbers like every day, like literally Googling the numbers. Like, okay, what's happening in Tianjin? Are the numbers rising or are they steady or like what's happening, mm. you know? So I think we booked those flights in a panic. <laughs> Sort of, I think. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Also, I mean, you speaking mm-hmm. of we, like you're on holiday with your friends. Are yeah. these South African friends as well, or like uh, the mixture? So, uh, two Americans, one British girl, and one South African. Being <laughs> you. Me, yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so all of you go to Malaysia. Yeah. And then what happens? Uh, yeah, we decided to chill for a bit in Malaysia. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that time, like I, was, I said, my school had already extended, like, our, uh, holiday to, like, a week. Mm. Um, and then I think during, sometime during that week, uh, they started giving us options, like, okay, guys, like, it's getting serious. So you have three options. You either come back to Tianjin and quarantine in your apartment. Or um, you quarantine remotely wherever you are, like in Malaysia or whatever. Or you decide to go back home and uh, quarantine there and, you know, up until, like, safe to come back, so to say. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, we decided to stay for a bit in, in Malaysia. And then I think a few days later, like four days later... <laughs> I decided to book a flight back home because <laughs> I had that option, right? My yeah. school had given me that option to, you know, um, work from home, 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 like South Africa. Um, so I decided to book my flight on a, uh, I think it was on a Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, because <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that I remember my, my days correctly. But I think I booked on a Thursday, beginning of Feb, yes, first week of Feb, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, I booked my flight <laughs> and I was like literally out the same day. <laughs> okay, so mm. wait, so let me get that straight. So yeah. you guys were in Vietnam for like about five days. This is, this is end yeah. of Jan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you then go to Malaysia mm-hmm. around like, beginning Feb? Yeah, beginning of Feb, yeah. Like How long were you guys in Malaysia for? Um, I think four days, maybe. Okay, like yeah. so, not long as well. Yeah, then. not long. Yeah, yeah, and like four days. So around February is when you decide to come back to South Africa. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And what was that like when you landing? So it's like traveling from Malaysia to South Africa. Like, mm. was there any sort of indication that like something's happening here, or that, or was that like to travel back home? Mm, uh, well, I think the numbers were not. Uh, like actually there were no there cases, were no, there were no yeah. cases. well no yeah. known cases yeah no known cases when I actually uh, landed um, so I think I was quite calm about it even though like uh, processes at the airport were quite hectic were they yeah 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 like we had to make sure that mask on all the time sanitize social distancing like you know the works um so it was quite hectic uh at the airport everyone like you could see the panic in everyone's you know faces like from mm. from from my my layover in dubai like people were kind of like oh you know trying to keep a distance like mm. don't don't even try to get close to me <laughs> like stay over there yeah type of vibes uh up until i landed um but like yeah i i think i was quite happy to come back home and you know just to be with family because I mean during that time it was uh, stressful it was quite a stressful like two weeks so Mm. to say Um, so just uh, knowing that okay I'm going back home my mom is going to come and fetch me at the airport (laughs) and you know everyone will be there so everyone was waiting for me actually when I I landed my gran was there my mom was there my aunt my cousins balloons everything like welcome home so it was quite emotional my mom had not seen me in a very very long time because you know I'm I'm very close with my mom so um (laughs) she was quite happy to see me um (laughs) so it was quite an emotional um experience especially after what we had been through the past couple of 
two weeks because they were also worried. They didn't yeah. know like the situation, um, you know, like mm. what to expect. Like nobody knew, <laughs> you know. Um, so it was quite, quite emotional. Yeah. And so you, I mean, obviously you coming back home and you left your friends behind mm-hmm. in Malaysia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they were deciding to just like stay there and like work uh, from Malaysia. Well, uh, I think one of my friends, uh, the British girl decided to actually go back home. So she mm. went home and then my one friend, uh, my American friend decided to uh, go to Bali. <laughs> <laughs> And then my one friend decided to follow me yeah. <laughs> to South Africa. Yeah, yeah. The following like day, oh, a few days after me actually. Oh, so we didn't leave together. She she came like a few days after me, so you can imagine. <laughs> I Had think she been to South Africa before. No, <laughs> <laughs> so she was just doing like her own trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then you are now back home, but like you're technically still employed by like your school in China. Yeah. And you're now working from home, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. as an online teacher. Yeah. Or, like, how did that work? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think as soon as I landed, like maybe like a week after or so, uh, they started training us to actually, mm. uh, teach online because we taught face to face, right? Um, so they started to try and get the, the correct, I don't know, get the materials mm. and train us, uh, for online teaching. So we did that for like a week. So, yeah, I think if I, if I remember correctly, it was like a week. Uh, we did some training. Yeah. And then I started working. So I was teaching my regular students, regular oh, classes, okay. just online. Yeah. That was the only difference. And yeah, I just had to learn how to navigate everything on a computer because, I mean, I was not really used to teaching online. I had never taught online ever in my life until mm. um, that time. And at this point, I mean, you're still expecting to go back to China. Yeah, yeah. At some point. At some point, yeah. I don't know. We didn't really think that the numbers would get, you know, worse or like South Africa would shut down at some point. Uh, the plan was to always go back. But because I think I was supposed to go back sometime in April. Yeah. yeah. Sometime in April. And... uh yeah, everything started closing down. China closed down. I think South Africa closed down on my birthday. <laughs> so I actually spent <laughs> my birthday on quarantine. So, yeah. Let's get into that. So w- what are you thinking when, like, you know, our president gets on TV and tells us that, you know, we're going to go under level five lockdown? Oh like, God. what are you thinking at this point? Like, just both in terms of your job, but, like, now mm. you're here. Like, are you thinking... I should get out now before the country closes down or are you thinking I should stay? <sighs> like at that time, it was quite a difficult decision because things were not getting better in China. So I was like, uh, you know what? Um, it's better for me to just stay home <laughs> and mm. see what happens. And hopefully like things will come down and I'll still be able to go back. But then things did not calm down. Like uh, things became worse, especially here at home. Home. Mm. Uh, that is when we started to see like the numbers going up mm. and like we went into a complete like you know shutdown mm. yeah at that time I wasn't even thinking about going back to China anyway because things were not getting better either over there so it was like okay either stay home see what happens maybe you'll go back in a few months or rush <laughs> But then uh, at the same time, I think at that time, flights were even expensive. Yeah. 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 Like, um, I think a direct flight to China was about 120,000 rands or something like that. So flights were super expensive. So uh, I was not even intending on going back because of the price. 
I was yeah. not willing to pay 120,000 rands just to fly back economy class on a one-way flight. I was like, <laughs> no, I'd rather wait it out and see if, you know, flights will uh, yeah. go down. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, what's your school saying when like your, the country you're now in is, going under lockdown like are they worried about you not being able to come back yeah i mean yeah yeah uh, i think they were worried about most of us as you know teachers because i mean mm. they are trying to retain you know as many teachers as they can because i mean once we start like go back home or whatever chances are we might not come back so mm. it's, a, it's an issue for the school because they might lose you know their teachers uh, trained teachers at that and imagine now they have to start hiring again <laughs> so it's an issue for them so they were really really pushing us to like come back like clear like you need to come back but i'm like flights are expensive i can't really afford 120,000 rands uh, just to, you know, just for a one-way flight. So I was not willing to pay that much, uh, that much money just to go back. Yeah, and I told them that, like, uh, flights are too expensive. How did they take that? I mean, <sighs> the, I mean, there was really nothing that we, like, I did not have that 120 for a flight. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so then you just continue working. But, I yeah. mean, your contract, was coming to an end yeah 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 um so yeah i continued working uh, up until maybe like may i had a full schedule until may mm. and then come june like my my classes started like decreasing um yeah. so meaning my money also started to you know uh decrease so they yeah. started cutting my salary at that point like okay bro, you don't have classes so it was a case of uh if you don't have classes then uh you don't get any money so i, I was getting paid based on my on how many classes i yeah. teach now you know, I wasn't getting like a, you know, my normal salary yeah. at that point. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think I stopped teaching around June. Yeah. So June, July, August, like the last three months of my contract, I didn't really have a salary to say. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. It was really tough. Uh, I mean, things happen. What can you do? And I mean, the crazy thing is mm. all this time, you came to South Africa, I'm guessing, with just your suitcase that you went to Vietnam with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, the rest of your stuff is still in China? Yes. Um, well, I had to ask a friend to pack up, you know, some, uh, some of my stuff, uh, into like suitcases. Uh, I had to like start talking to shipping companies around, you know, Tianjin yeah. just to say, hey, um, how much, uh, do you charge to ship? so many bags to South Africa. Um, so yeah, so he packed everything for me and, um, I think they only shipped, uh, my clothes, my bags, everything, um, sometime in September, October, somewhere there. Yeah. And yeah, I paid <laughs> a lot of money for that. Oh. So like 12, thousand rands just to ship my things so you can oh imagine and already like my money you know had already yeah. to decrease like a long time ago so i wasn't getting paid my normal salary for for some time so you can imagine the stress yeah <laughs> of trying to get everything here and you know get um paper sorted out even for shipping because now i had to 
scan a, a lot of things just for for the lady to you know process um, the actual you know shipping thing um so yeah i had to <laughs> ship everything home <laughs> <laughs> no, it just sounds crazy because I'm just like, you know, how were you living with just like you suitcase? I'm guessing because you're at home, you at yeah. least had some stuff yeah, from yeah. before. Yeah, from before. So but, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. yeah. But I still wanted my stuff, you know, like, because I had bought like a lot of things uh, mm. while I was living in China for like two years. So it's like two years worth of clothes, shoes, bags. Uh, <laughs> You know, and some of my most important documents yeah. were also still in China. So I had to ship everything with my documents. So I needed like my degrees, oh my matric certificates. They were all in China. They were all in China. You can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and that time I still had to, you know, like start applying for jobs now while yeah. I'm still, you know, at home so that I can have something to do, you know, and not just sit around and do nothing. So I had to make sure that I ship everything because I knew that my most into- uh, important documents were also still. <laughs> Did you even have your ID, or was you just? Well, like- luckily I had my ID. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but like my degrees, matric certificates, and you know other maybe certificates that I obtained while I was that side mm. was still in China. So yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. What was that like knowing that you essentially left the country not knowing you? not going to go back. I mean, you still Mm -hmm. haven't gone back to China. Mm -hmm. Like you Mm -hmm. left in January 2020 thinking you're going to go back, but you've still not been back. (laughs) Like, what's that like? Uh, Well, I feel like anyway, I had already decided that I was not going to sign a third contract with my Mm -hmm. school. Um, I was anyway, like planning to come back home at, you know, some point. Um, so for me, it was kind of like, oh, okay, it's fine. Like, you know, I'm back home now. Uh, let me apply for school for next year. So, um, I think I, I started applying around March anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started applying for school and then, um, I think around, um, Oh wow! So like March 2020, yeah, like you already okay. Yeah, I was so it's already like applying. you already had in your head like yeah. anyway, I was gonna come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I knew that okay, my contract is ending in a couple of months. Um, when did your contract officially end? Um, August uh, 29th, 2020. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. So I applied for school and then I got my offer. A placement offer mm-hmm. around December. So at least I knew that, okay, come Jan, um, I have, you know, a university, so that's fine. I'll have something to do if I don't find a job. Um, <laughs> I know it's crazy. <laughs> it, it is crazy, but especially also even like the way you spoke of your homecoming, like how everyone like, you yeah. know, met you at the airport. It they almost seems so like, happy. oh my God, they were excited. It's almost like, like they knew, yeah, like this really yeah. was like your final. Yeah. Homecoming, yeah. even though it wasn't supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they were excited. Like, yo, like my mom even had like, you know, those little balloons saying like, welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back home. So, uh, yeah, I was quite happy. Like, to be honest, I was happy to be back home with my family, with my support structure. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, even though I had a good support structure back in China, like my friends were there, you know, my colleagues, uh, <laughs> But like my, you know, like your family is your family. So yeah, <laughs> it's always going to be like emotional, uh, no matter what. So, and just how have you been? Like, 
now um like have you gotten your stuff actually i didn't even ask that like have i gotten your things like yes, everything yes i have okay. yeah, yeah uh everything like because uh, i know it can take not just a long time but like so many people weren't able to even ship yeah, their things yeah, because yeah, of covid yeah. um yeah i think a lot of people are trying to you know get their stuff because yeah. i'm i'm pretty sure i was not the only south african who was stuck you know yeah, like yeah. at home but uh i think most people were able to either have maybe talk to a, a cargo company or like a shipping like an actual you know um just shipping uh, company yeah, also those shipping <laughs> uh yeah uh so mine got shipped by like a boat <laughs> like an actual boat which is why it took so long to actually get here because had i used like a cargo shipping company then it would have been like i think a lot um like it would have taken a week instead of like three months oh, even <laughs> during covid times yeah yeah, oh, okay. yeah 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 i actually spoke to a couple of companies like that who like uh got just like you got your stuff within a week yeah yeah, but, yeah. but like they were super expensive yeah though, like dhl <laughs> And your DHL is expensive, so yeah. <laughs> but other than that, uh, yeah, I got my stuff, um, and I started my life here at home. <laughs> I taught uh, for like three months, like online. Yeah. Um, and then I decided uh, I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm back on the job market again. But while studying. Yeah, while mm-hmm. studying, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> But so just overall, I think to close of our conversation, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what would you say your past year has been like? And just how have you been doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how have you been coping with just everything? <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've been coping quite, quite well. Like, um, yeah. it hasn't been too, too bad, even though, yeah, like there were times where I felt, oh my God, like this is a lot, like. Yeah, did I, you know, uh, make the right decision by not going back? But I told myself that, you know what, it's fine, girl. Like, uh, you, you have school now, like, focus on that. Um, and like, you will find, uh, whatever that you're looking for. Um, you will find what you want eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is what is keeping me going at the moment. Um, I mean, there's not really much to do right now. Like a lot of people are at home. Uh, mm. They can't really do much, uh, you know. Um, although we try to go out here and there, you know, see some friends, mm. take a break, you know, uh, get some fresh air. Um, but uh, yeah, like life has been okay. Like it's been good. Yeah, it's been fine. I've been coping. I'm doing well. My family's here. <laughs> My friends are here. So I'm fine. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> and I'm very happy to have had you in studio with me for a chat. Thank you so much, Kakis. Thank you for so much, me. Bola. <laughs> Just being for, for being so open, you know, like with yeah. your experiences and yeah, yeah, what you've been through. But yeah, showing us that it's okay. I like you, you do sound like you're like, yeah, it's fine. I went through it, but it's fine. You just. Move on. Yeah, you move on. I mean, uh, there's only so much that you can do, so much that you can control. Mm. Um, I mean, it's not you focusing on things that you have absolutely no control over, you know? Um, mm. So focus on what you can control and uh, what you can fix. <laughs> and you'll be fine. You'll be good. Like, life goes on. <laughs> life goes on. <laughs> Thank you, Kafisa. Thank you so much, Lola. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Join us next time for COVID Stuck Up.
Thank you for joining us on today's episode. You can follow us on Instagram at COVID Stuck Abroad. On Facebook, you can search for CSA to like the page. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at COVIDstuckabroad at gmail.com. Please see show notes for the links. This episode of COVID Stuck Abroad was produced by Zola Zegut with funding from the National Arts Council's Presidential Employment Stimulus Program. The episodes were recorded at Solar Gold Studios.